Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. It's the Uticast episode 154. And this week, we are celebrating the fifth Fifth, fifth time, uh, Phil Farda has joined us on the podcast, the Five Timers Club. He is a man on his own, joining us the first time in over a year. It is a pleasure to have Phil back on a very not safe for work interview. Thanks, Phil. Uh, also, this week we're going to briefly talk about uh, Roseanne, uh, whether you can separate the art from the artist. A quick week in review. Uh, we're going to discuss the failure of the solo movie and what it means for Star Wars. A quick doomsday report. Uh, and that's about it. I'll probably make Heather uncomfortable at some point in time with some nonsense, some weird quote. All right, that's it, folks. We'll be back to the show in just one second. As always, we are happy to have you here. Once again, I am here, of course, your host and producer, Sam Famolaro, joined as always by the beautiful and charming Heather Waz. What's up, Heather? Hi. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you guys too once a week. I'm telling you that you're beautiful and charming because you spent your time saying, I'm wearing a hat, I didn't want to do my hair today. I didn't want to, so yeah, I look beautiful right now, everybody. Kev, uh, you are also wearing a hat and you look yes. very nice. You thank you. You look beautiful. Thank you. You too look very nice. Beautiful and charming. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's how I usually introduce myself. <laughs> Kev, uh, nice yeah. to see you again. We yes. see each other all the time. We do. Uh, so I don't know when we get another chance to ask about it, so I'll do right off the bat. We watched game two of the NBA Finals last night. We did. Uh, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are down 0-2, and they were embarrassed pretty pretty badly last night. Uh, mm. Steph Curry set a record, nine three-pointers in a playoff game. Pretty amazing. Uh, so let me ask you this, this question. Is there any chance... For the Cleveland Cavaliers to come back in this series, Kevin. Uh, not a good one. Not a good one. <laughs> not a good one. I mean, all sorts of things can happen. Mm. You know? I see. Anything can happen. It, I feel like, and uh, I feel like LeBron shot his shot. I feel like the Cavaliers shot their shot in that first game. They needed to win it. Kind of didn't. Well, you can thank JR for that. I can thank JR. Uh, the only the only theory that I've been floating on, that I've heard floating on the internet, I didn't float this, is that the Cavaliers might be okay because Steph Curry... And Kendrick Perkins got in an argument during the game last night. Kendrick Perkins, for those of you who don't know, is a player who is hurt, who plays for the Cavs, but is on the sidelines. Earlier this season, Kendrick Perkins got in a fight with another person during a game. That was rapper and mogul Drake. And ever since that argument with Kendrick Perkins, Drake has taken a nosedive. He's fallen off the planet. He's getting killed by Pusher T. He's getting hit all over the media. So maybe there's a Kendrick Perkins curse that he can like put on the, on the Warriors, and then they'll just fall apart. Maybe. No. <laughs> no? Nope. No? All right. So I was just giving it a shot. I was just nope. trying. <laughs> just trying. Uh, I don't know if we... We probably aren't going to talk about the Drake or Pusher T rap beef. Uh, did you listen to any of the I've rap heard, beef, I've Heather? I've heard about some of it. So. <laughs> um, I'm kind of torn because I like rap beefs. It's very interesting. Uh, but I don't want to see anyone get shot like the 90s, right? <laughs> That'd be kind of crummy if like one of these dudes did something stupid. Right, but uh, I do think it's funny when when this rap song came out. I listened to it. Feel I sort of feel bad for Drake. He got shredded pretty hard. Um, that's it. That's all I have. It's true. You did. <laughs> you did. 
Uh, we I mean, we talked about it, you know, before, but we'll say it again. Everybody should go listen to Daytona. They should go listen to Daytona. Uh, well, well, they shouldn't listen to uh, listen to Kanye West's new album. I heard it's only okay. Why? I heard it was only all right. Doesn't mean you shouldn't listen. I'm gonna listen anyway. Yeah, you yeah. should. We're gonna talk about Kanye in a different context in a minute, though. So I'm gonna leave off that. Heather, yeah, what? I have a question for you. No. Are you up to date on Westworld as of today? No. You didn't watch yesterday. That's okay, though. Mm. I kind of read ahead a little. That's okay. I don't. I just kind of help that. Help me out here, okay? Oh. Help me out here. I'm seeing a lot of takes on the internet this week, last couple weeks, even from our good friend Justin Parkinson at Made in Utica, that oh. Westworld is no longer a good show. It's fallen off and we should be done with it. I'm with him on that. You're with him. You're I'm off so the show. I'm disappointed with it. That's why I read really? ahead. I never read ahead, but I read ahead last night because I'm just over it. Hmm. I'm over it. Kev, what's going on? Is everyone, are we the only two left? Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand what everybody's problem is. <laughs> it almost like everybody I talk to about it, it almost seems like they're looking for, it seems like they have the problem and they're trying to like, uh, like retrofit issues in to support the problem because they feel like they should have a problem. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, I like it. I think they're doing a nice job. I guess I'm sad about some of my, uh, some of my characters aren't the same as they were before. So I'm having a hard time accepting that. Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like then if they didn't do that, then people would be complaining like, oh, everybody's exactly the same. No. There's no character There's development. There's too much going. There's just too much going on for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut down the middle here. I'm gonna come somewhere in the middle here, right? Uh, I've made the comparison off screen and on uh, or off pod and on pod that the show is kind of like Twin Peaks. Like, in the second season, I'm concerned that there's a chance it's going to turn into, like, a parody of itself. Like, we have to have some twist or some crazy reveal because that's what we're known for now, right? Mm -hmm. And I hope that's not necessarily the case. I hope they just tell good stories, and I hope that this is leading somewhere. But I'm going to go back to Walking Dead Season 2, okay? that's a, Is that the season where they're on the farm, Kevin? Yes. A lot of people hated that season. Loved that season. I think that by the time it got to the end of the season, people were saying it was slow, the ending was so good at that that I think it was worth it. So I'm willing to hold off any judgment about how I feel for this season to see how the finale comes, right? Trying to be rational about it. That being said, a lot of really, a lot of like really lucky circumstances for the characters I noticed. A lot of like, uh, man, I'm lucky that happened right this second or else that guy would be dead now, right? Like a lot of that. It reminds me in a lot of ways of like, um, Almost like when you read a book. Like, I know, Sam, like, you've read some, you know, when you talk about, like, all these different threads going at the same time, yeah. you know, talk, you know, keeping track of all these different mm -hmm. narratives, it reminds me a lot of, like, larger scope novels where there's, like, you know, 10, 12 characters. Very true. And, you know, with, a, like, an extended cast of, like, 30, and they've got mm -hmm. all these different things going around that might get looped in and stuff mm -hmm. might get revealed, you know what I mean? But it reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, books like The Stand or something like that in that yeah. way where... You just follow everybody's story, you know what I mean? But it's definitely really dense. It's denser than a lot of TV shows that I've ever watched in the sense that if you stop paying attention for five minutes, you're likely to really yes. miss yeah. some stuff. There's yeah. no filler out there. It's a really, it's what you would call, I don't even know how to describe this anymore if there's a word for it, but it's almost like, I consider it like a Reddit television show, right? Because it seems to have this really rampant, adamant, like, fan base on the internet that loves to have, like, the theories about it. And this happens a lot with shows. It's happened to Breaking Bad toward the end. Where, like, so much of the show became just, like, the narrative of the fans talking about what's going to happen and what it could be. That, like, no matter what happens... I feel like that's every show. Yes, yes. Really, everything that's that's yes. the internet. But this show in particular, because it's so mysterious, because it has so many layers to peel, there's a lot of, like, a lot of space for people to dig into, right? You don't yeah. see this... You wouldn't see this with, like... I don't know, modern family, right? Because the shows aren't built that way to have like some overarching like narrative to dig out of it. This show is ripe for the internet, and that's where I think it does really well. Uh, all right, that's it. So uh, I just got to bring something up to you guys. 
this week is the last week of school for my kids mm-hmm. before the summertime. Uh, and I'm, uh, it's really weird because, did we ever do anything in our last week of school before the end of the year? Or was it always just like a free-for-all? I feel like it's an entire free-for-all, like all the teachers have kind of given up. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's pretty last brutal. week is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Just wandering around hanging out with your friends. Like, I have kids who were in my room, like, five times today. I'm like, what are you doing back here? They're like, oh, we had a sub, we were watching a movie, I wanted to come back. I'm like, jeez. I'm like, it's no one did. It's like, it's the week before report cards are due. I know some of you kids have terrible grades. Nothing that you left. Got... It's too late, though. It's you too... can't salvage it. Can't Nothing some kid it's in middle true. school can do in the last week of the year to fix his report card. Is it just us, though? Because I feel like if I had a bad grade and it was the last week of school, I would have, like, this sense of urgency. I don't sense any yeah, urgency. you're in your 30s. Yeah, you that's weren't thinking point. like that. We don't teenagers don't think. My parents were teachers. Things. I was scared. Oh. So that's and that's, that's also part of that it also too. makes yeah. it a little different too. Yeah. But like yeah. you know, even still, like it's between that and it's between being you know the adult and the teacher in the room now. Hmm. We're kids. They don't care because what's the matter? What do these kids care? We're on summer vacation. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. Well, some of these kids have to go to the summer program, which will mm-hmm. be a real downer for them. All right. Uh, so the other thing on that is. I'm going back to D.C. in a few weeks. Going there for a couple days. Going to visit Washington, D.C. with my students. Very excited. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite trips of the year. Uh, especially when I have to, like, weasel my way out of being in front of the White House and they take the picture. I'm usually, I'm like, last, like, last time when I went, I was like, you know, I'll just take the picture. This time I'll do it, right? So this time I have to find some other excuse for, like, how to not be in the picture. Um, it is interesting, though. Like, I, I really enjoyed going to Washington, D.C. last year. Uh, it is kind of nice. Like if you get past all the politics of it, it's got a lot of crazy cool museums yeah, and a lot of crazy cool, of a lot of cool stuff. To, it's awesome. It's really, really surprising to go. Uh, really like to see the Smithsonian again this year. I kind of, I kind of got lost in that one chasing around kids. Yeah, I was take a trip to the Smithsonian non-school. Non, I know. Move, you I know. know. What I mean? Just enjoy it yourself. Well, you know what's funny? I went to the State Museum with these kids in Albany, if not too, a few weeks ago, and. Uh, I get more excited for these things than they do. I'm like, that's always do. the way it is. Again. I'm like, oh, look. Again, you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, look at this logging exhibit. They're like, yeah, whatever. You're an adult. <laughs> I'm seeing their friends and hanging out and talking. Uh, all right, that's it. So, yeah, I'll be in D.C. in a few weeks. So, uh, if you have any cool well, ideas. Well, the UCAS listeners down there in D.C. DC? Yeah. Hit me up. Out the street, yeah. Shout your boy out. <laughs> shout your boy out. Uh, so, uh, guys, I want to talk about Roseanne for a minute. Um and I want to say that... 60 seconds on the clock. <laughs> well, I don't want to get too far into the whole Roseanne because it's been a big story. We missed this story by like 12 hours on the news cycle for last week's episode, which sure. would have made more sense to yeah. cover it, right? But, um, and you so were I've, watching the show that day, too. You I've been watching the show. I got to tell you, I've actually been watching the show a lot since then because I'm trying to, like... There's this question that I asked Phil in the middle of this, this uh, interview today. Phil Fardo, our interview. And I was talking about Kanye or Roseanne, I forget. It was the same question. And, and really, it was just a general question of can you separate the art from the artist when it comes to something you're interested in, right? Whether it's anything, right? I think the Kanye West thing's a good example, right? Mm. Can you like this new album and separate it from all his weird Twitter ravings and his nonsensical lunacy and all his whatever, right? It depends if you're that kind of person. Some people can and some people can't, right? Mm-hmm. So I tried to go back and watch some of these Roseanne episodes and try and separate like what I know about her and the show itself. And the problem is they already pulled the new season <laughs> off of uh, like things so you can't watch it anymore. But I went back to watch some of the old ones, and it's funny because when you watch the old ones, they actually are kind of like progressive and interesting in a weird way. Some of them are, not all of them. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a great funny show, but some of the way they talk about things is pretty nuanced. And it just seems weird to come from like this person 
uh, who's on the internet, like, making obvious racist claims and such. Although, you wonder how much of it was just her and how much of it was her being put in a good situation, right? Uh, but let me ask you this question. She goes out, she tweets, this is one of the biggest shows on ABC right now. She has this tweet. It's openly sort of harsh and racist. Do you think that ABC should have canceled the show? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, okay. That represents yeah. their network. Okay. So. Hell yeah. Now, well, yeah, you can't have people out here. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not questioning. I'm yeah. just. I'm setting up a pre question. All right. So there was a lot of kind of comparison to like this Samantha B thing where she used the c word or whatever it was. Shouldn't be. So what's it's the, not di- the same? So okay. So that's a gr- that's kind of what I'm getting to. Yeah. Why are these not the same? Because I've seen a lot of people it's trying to. Be make- didn't say anything racist. You're not seeing anybody who's arguing in good faith with a brain in their head that these two things are the same. Okay. You're seeing bad faith arguments made by people who consistently make bad faith arguments to try to twist the narrative and be like, look, look, but these people are just as bad, and try mm-hmm. to drag other people down to the level. They're not the same at, at all, mm-hmm. even remotely. You know what I mean? Like race, like it's different than just calling somebody a name. Her show, if she had said the exact same thing that Samantha B said, where she called what's her name a feckless c word, right? Yeah. If Roseanne had said that on Twitter, she wouldn't. Her show wouldn't have got canceled. Mm-hmm. It's true, and I also think there's something to be said too that Samantha B is on a television show, right? And you could argue that like morally, like you shouldn't say those kind of words on television. Sure, fine, but she's also on a show that is clearly a satirical comedy show. Like Roseanne is on her own personal platform, she speaking was on her in her voice, yeah. right? Yeah. There is a difference between saying something on that social media platform, which is your voice, and saying something on television is under the guise of like The Daily Show or a TV show when you're doing comedy, per sure. se. Mm-hmm. Sure, but these two things aren't, aren't in the same league in the first place. Right. So it doesn't matter to compare, because any comparison of the two to be like, well, the difference between the platform and the show mm-hmm. is only to... to take away from the fact that like these mm-hmm. two things aren't the same and there's a clear clear difference and it only sort of muddies the water like I mean you if you're gonna come out in 2018 you're gonna say something that blatantly racist publicly mm-hmm. there's gonna be consequences for you yeah. you know that's, mm-hmm. that's the world yeah. we live in now and maybe the show seemed more progressive back in the day but the window has shifted society yeah. has shifted it's not because it's not from what I hear and I don't watch it I never really liked Roseanne in the first place Yeah, didn't like the old show didn't watch the new show um, but from what I understand, the show itself is pretty similar in a lot of ways where they're, you know, t- sort of pushing the envelope on things and talking about the same kinds of things. But society as a whole's openness and acceptance and w- outlook has changed quite a bit since the 90s. Heather, any thoughts? No, but he basically covered all of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess, everything I was thinking. Well, I guess the point I wanted to get at is, uh, <laughs> because that's the thing, though, like, they talk about um, this show being so, like, pointed in one side but here's the thing if you i went back and watched one specific episode okay if you got amazon prime folks go ahead and look this one up it's called a stash from the past i want to say it's season six episode four i specifically looked out this episode yeah the point of the episode is dan and roseanne find uh pot in dave's in david's room right and they blame it on him and then find out that it's actually roseanne's pot from 20 years ago that they hid and forgot was in there right and then the show basically turns into, like, this question... The whole thing becomes about Dan and Roseanne questioning why they stopped smoking and, like, because they started a family, but what does it mean about them? Are they different people from who they were then? And it's actually a really nuanced, thoughtful take on, like, getting older and being the person you used to be and giving it up for other reasons. And in that one episode of the show, I was like, okay, I can see why this show was interesting in the 90s. Like, this is a really nuanced take for 1990. But there's so many other shows that do that now. Yeah, this show that was, no one was doing Yeah, no one was doing Nobody that then. Them. In context, nothing on this show hasn't been said better or more nuanced somewhere else already, mm-hmm. right? It's not filling a void like it once did. It's just adding to the, the sound in the world out there. So, 
that's my final take on that. Uh, one last thing, though. Do you think there's a concern? Like, there's been documented that Roseanne had uh, mental, like, issues, mental, she had She's multiple personality had and stuff. Do you think that there's something to be said about, like, social media and Twitter and these things having negative effects on people who already have, like, mental health problems? Like, if you're already mentally, like, if you have mental health problems and you're on Twitter and you're interacting like, with all these people, I feel like there's a danger there to, like, it can be worse for you, depending on what you do. It can make things worse. Can it not? I mean, I have to, like, I have anxiety. But yeah. I always have to stop myself from putting something stupid on Twitter or something like that. So I think, like, it probably does have a, like, they're probably thinking things randomly and not taking, like, they're not thinking and they're just putting things mm. out there. Yeah, so I think it is kind of dangerous if you have a mental illness because you're just going to say things and not think about it being a consequence at first. You're mm-hmm. just putting your emotions out there. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's fair. Um, all right. Uh, I have, I'll skip past the other thing. I, this is the worst take I heard about. I just wanted to share this with you guys. This was from a guy named Bill Mitchell. This is the worst take I heard. Today's lesson, never apologize to liberals. I'm not sure how someone saying something like uh, the child of the Muslim Brotherhood and the Planet of the Apes is racist. I thought the Muslim Brotherhood was supposed to be a good thing. And liberals say we're supposed to be descended from apes. What am I missing here? That's what's called oh arguing. That's what's called arguing in bad faith. I just want to go in a hole. Uh, isn't that terrible? I'm, that's, I'm embarrassing. That's exactly what I mean when I say that people come from you know they're arguing yeah. from a position of bad faith. He knows. Yeah. That that's knows. not what he means. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know he knows he knows damn well mm. what the difference is and what it is. Mm. And people approach it with things like that. Well, actually, liberals look, but like nobody's mm. got any actual substance behind it. Both sides can be guilty of it, but. Side does it all the time with everything. Has there ever been a sentence in your life that started with, well, actually, that you didn't immediately hate that person for? <laughs> like, I can't think of any time in my life where someone's like, well, actually, and I was like, mm, I don't want I want to punch you less now. Uh, I'm sure there have been some. I'm I can sure. think of plenty of things somebody could say, well, actually, and follow up with where I think it'd be great news. Uh, well, <laughs> well, actually. Uh, well. <laughs> more history lessons. Uh, no, all right. Um, Got any more room on that <laughs> private plane to the Bahamas? <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay. Uh, so I'm just going to cut through just real quick the some of the things we didn't talk about this week. Uh, I thought this was funny. Donald Trump came out today and said uh, that he has the right to pardon himself in case of something going on, but he, he wouldn't because he hasn't done anything wrong. Okay. I think that's just a fundamental flaw of understanding how pardons work. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. if you pardon yourself, you, no, you're admitting to doing something, something wrong. wrong. It's sowing the narrative. Yeah. It's putting the keywords out there for, for the followers to repeat because, like clockwork, he said it, and then Fox News has been working overtime, and they're like, well, actually, yeah, he can pardon himself. Had he done anything? Right? And they, <laughs> so they've already so moved past the point that, like, he didn't do anything. Like They're like, nobody ever talked to the Russians. Mm. Well, if they did, we didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we knew about it, it wasn't about anything that serious. <laughs> but we well, didn't. it was about something that serious, we didn't, like... We didn't know that. And it just keeps going, and it's like the trickle truth. And yeah. now it's like, well, I can definitely pardon myself. Well, from what? Well, nothing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, Ricky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, I, yeah, I don't have a ton of Trump stuff today, but the other one Thank was... God. He, yeah, well, this one was, he met with the parents. Did you read anything about this? Uh, about the parents in the Houston area high school shooting? The No. Oh, my God. Uh, apparently, he just de- kept describing the shooter as a as a wacky guy wearing like a wacky coat. What a whack job! Yeah. Apparently, the parents were really upset. There's a lot of I'm quotes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of the parents were basically saying like he did nothing to make us feel better. Uh, here, I'll break one for you. This is from Rhonda Hart, who's a 14 year old 14 year old daughter. Kimberly was killed at the school. Uh, the Associated Press. Uh, Trump reportedly used the word wacky to describe the shooter in the trench coat he wore. He's. Uh, she said she told Trump maybe if everyone had access to mental health care. 
uh, we wouldn't be in the situation. Hart, an Army veteran, uh, said she also suggested employing veterans as sentinels in the school. She said Trump responded, and arm them? Question mark. <laughs> she replied, no. No. <laughs> kept uh, mentioning, but, but, but Trump kept mentioning arming classroom teachers. No. It was like talking to a toddler, unquote. So, yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not even mad about him like doing this because he's obviously an idiot. Why would you let him? Has anyone ever been in a situation where Donald Trump showed up and you felt better? Like even before he was the president, right? You want him to say, hope he says something (laughs) one day where you're like, okay, it's going to be okay. Uh, It it was terrible. I I don't know. I just, he's never made anyone feel better in their life. Um, That's why Melania has been gone for three weeks. She's She's moved out. She's left. She's uh, and that's it. Let's go to this week's interview. I've already gone longer than I meant to. I was going to talk about Brian Colangelo. I'll push it till the next segment. Uh, so, this uh, Phil Farda did something this week that no one has done in the history of this show. He is now the one and only member of the Uticast Five Timers Club. This is his fifth time. Five times. Five times. Five times. Five times. <laughs> guest on the show. Uh, it was really nice to have him back. He hasn't been here since episode 85, so we, we had a lot to dig into. Uh, I'm just going to put this out there as per usual, and not quite as bad as normal, but as... Phil be swearing. It is filthy. Uh, not safe for work. Uh, please be warned. A lot of, lot of swearing. Suggestive language. Yeah. Sexual language. All <laughs> not so much of that. A lot of I'm swearing, sorry. though. I'm actually surprised. <laughs> yeah, I've, well, you He's know. out in his old age. He is. You know how these comedians are. Uh, June 5th, he's talking about his show with Kevin Downey Jr. Uh, at Johnny B's uh, in Floyd. And then July 10th, Music Bingo. We'll talk about all that much, much more. I'll get you all the links. We're going to maybe give away some tickets. You never know. We'll be back in just a second with our man, Phil Farta. I'll talk about it when we're going. Well, that's all right. You know, it, well, it ties into trivia, so... <laughs> that's fine. It's good. It ties into trivia. Uh, Phil, it's really nice to have you back in here. It's been a long time. Um, so, I wanted to run this by you really quickly, because it's really interesting. Last time you were on here was episode 85. This is episode 154, so we're talking almost a year and a half. Sure. Was, that was when I came to see you guys. Uh, and I then, said I wanted to do every 80th episode. Every, <laughs> I was almost, like, we're almost there. And then you were on episode 58 with Will Phillips, yeah. which was a 2016 Comedy Cup episode. Yeah. You were on episode 32 by yourself, okay. which I think was Hacksaw, suppose? Like the theoretical we were, Hacksaw? We were, it was like in the realm of Hacksaw, Jim Brown show, and then we, but we never could yeah. connect it. And then nine was you by yourself for the first Comedy Cup, and then today, yeah. which now means that you, Phil Farda, are officially the first and only member of the Uticast Five Timers Club. Five this is your Timers fifth Club. Yeah, and much like Saturday yeah. Night Live, which I'm a big supporter, congratulations, uh, which pretty much means you can do whatever you want here. <laughs> Fuck everybody else. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and I'm a huge liberal shill, and even Brindisi and Marino, who are friends of mine, have not been on five times. So what's, that says a lot. 
So it sounds like you're failing, is what it sounds like. It's <laughs> <laughs> like we gotta have this farted kid on again. Ah, no, it's nice what? to have you back. Man. Yeah, it's nice. It's, no, it's great to be back with you and with the Maiden Utica team. Here. It's a pleasure. Uh, so I gotta ask you a couple things. Things I never asked you before, and I feel bad about. Sure. Because I was thinking about it today. Does anyone call you Philip? Is that your actual name? Yeah, my name's Philip. Uh, like, not usually. I'll try, I'll try I don't know. It's not, yeah, there's nobody. Uh, nobody really calls me that. My mom, every once in a while, will fire that off. <laughs> it's just like when I call her to borrow money or something. I call my friends by their longer colloquial names sometimes just to bust their balls. Sure. I was just curious if that was a thing. Well, everybody's got a mic, and you hit them with a Michael, and it's a different person. Michael, Michael's yeah. a different person. Robert. Yeah. Robert and Bob. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, to be fair, though, when you do that, you can do that and be condescending to somebody, right? If you oh, know somebody sure. named Robert, you're like, listen here, Bob. Like, that That guy probably is annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> do you get Samuel? Do people hit you with Samuel? Yes. Funny point about that, though, is it's not my name. Right? My, my name is actually just Sam. So keep, when people... Keep it easy. It's true, because my... Yeah. <laughs> I'm named after my dad's nickname. Because okay. my mom didn't want to call me Salvatore because she thought that was a little bit too Goomba, I assume. Like too much. It, it's Goomba. It's a little Goomba. Yeah, I mean, it's... Salvatore Famolano. Sorry, Pops, that's my dad's real name. Uh, <laughs> but they just said, she's like, you can name him after you, but I don't want to name him Salvatore, so he can be Sam. So when people call me Samuel, I usually just roll with it. I used to care more when I was a kid, but I'm like, sure. I, it's fine. You can't, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to be a dick about your name when <laughs> you're, well, when it's, common sense stuff so there's like people who spell their name wrong mm. you know what i mean like somebody yeah. will spell their name wrong and then they get upset when people spell it like the normal like the <laughs> usual way so like for you know for the past yeah. 90 years we've been spelling carla with a c or whatever yeah, and yeah. Now, like now the new carla with like a k and two l's comes out yeah yeah and they're upset and it's like that is not your that is your fault that is on you <laughs> my sister is karen with a y k-a-r-y-n sure but yeah. As a kid, I didn't know any other Karens, so when I would meet Karen with an E, I was like, what the heck? Ooh, what is that? How'd you even pronounce yeah. that? Hey, Karen, Karen? Yeah. Karen, I guess. Uh, no, I like, it with a, I like it with a Y. K-R-Y-N. Yeah. We know. had somebody just, uh, one of Laura's, on Laura's side of the family, yeah. this kid, well, her one of her relatives moves to Ireland, marries this beautiful redhead Irish, mm. full Irish smart. girl. She come, smart. She comes, yeah, gorgeous. She comes back, she's got the... <laughs> Accent, she's got all the shit. She came back with a sack of potatoes and yeah, shit. Nice, I love it. And they just, they're having a, their first baby and they're naming it. It's like a traditional Irish name. But on oh, yeah. paper, it's just a handful of consonants just yeah. thrown down. It's like nobody is ever going to get this name right. I wish I could remember. I, I wish I could remember the name, but that's the problem. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Like, there's that movie. There's the, like, there's that one. Sarsha Ronan is, I think, is how they pronounce it. But then you look at her name, like that's not how that's spelled at all. Like, You're you talking know. about Borat? No, that's that's Sacha Baron Cohen. That's something oh, different. Okay. I do like him though. He's great. Yeah. It's funny. I was just watching the Bruno document, uh, Bruno San Martino documentary on the WWE Network. But it's just called Bruno, and then because of it, I just kept thinking of that movie Bruno with yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen the whole time. He's and he's incredible. He's a really interesting guy. He was on the Mark Maron podcast, and you guys know I don't love to support other podcasts here on the podcast, but Mark Maron's like one of the best. It's now fine. that you say that, I just recently got into Maron. You remind me of him. You must get that right. You well, have, no, there's you a look like there's Mark a, Marin, dude. I wouldn't say there's a reason for that, but I would say that I've said it many times in the show. Without the Bill Simmons podcast, which was the first real sports podcast I got into, and the Mark Marin one was the first real like lifestyle interest interview show. This doesn't exist. None of the show exists. I was a, such a diehard for that when I was living in New York. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I'm just saying, in, in 20 years, you're gonna look like that, dude. Oh my god! Yeah. Once you start graying here, you're done. You're my, done. Oh yeah, I get that before. My my friends, my friend Dano, who used to do the first podcast I ever did with me, sent me a message when Glow came out. He's like, 
I was just gonna. Just, so that was the reference I was gonna make. Cause this he, is your dad. <laughs> he's doing pretty well on that show, and so like you, not a bad looking guy. He's a good actor, surprisingly, yeah. which I did not expect. Yeah. Uh, so Phil, you are the owner and operator of both Stage Time Trivia and, of course, uh, Comedy NYC. That's just a reminder for all you folks. But well, that's, to... you had all the you have all the right letters, just not in the right order. Did I, it's Comedy, comedy CNY. What did I say? NYC. NYC. Um, it's all there. I'm sorry, there. It's fine. Uh, so I got to ask. I'm two spelling questions. it new now. That's how. It, that's a new spelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said it wrong. C uh, uh, yeah C E E N Y. You should spell it now. Um, so, how long has been stage time going on? Uh, so Comedy CNY started five years ago. Five years ago. And then this stage time trivia was sort of under the umbrella of that. So Comedy CNY is the entertainment company. Okay. It's all under stage time entertainment. Oh, okay. But this is all, that's all just on paper. So it's Comedy CNY. We, we launched trivia four years ago, maybe? Three to four years ago. And I've probably asked you in the past, but it's been such a long time. I'm very curious. Was there like a moment where you were like, yeah, I could see that this is like a successful marriage? Dude, this has turned into exactly what I imagined. Yeah. Which is, uh, I'm sort of surprised because nothing has ever gone. <laughs> nothing has ever gone the way I had planned it to go. But uh, in this case, I walked into, last time we were on with Will Phillips. Yeah. I walked into Village Pub. He was running a night there, and it was yeah. just like a just a guy with a mic running this trivia night. But I had known him through comedy. I'd seen him perform sure. a couple times, and it was wicked. It was wicked fun. That's yeah. all. I was like, "Damn, this guy! He's hilarious!" And all these like questions. The four, everything's interesting. Yeah. I've never played trivia before, but I'm like, "This is very interesting. I want to come back and do it again." Mm-hmm. And then I had this idea. I was like, "Man, this could work." Like it just seemed like nobody. It was just like this little bar. Right, right, on an off night, and it was like, this could be, this is a brand. I'm like, this guy's running a brand. Well, it's a really simple and really smart concept, the idea that, like, any forum where you can get a comedian to be able to stand up in front of people, even under the context of doing the trivia thing, is yeah. it, the marriage is really nice. It's a really, really, like, clever, simple marriage, and it works really, really well. The Yeah, the game itself, sta- the game stands alone mm. on its own, but yeah. you need, but, but like, the, the wow factor is having, like, an... A, an entertaining host for sure. So, how many people are you running in terms of like trivia right now? It's you and Will and another person. Will and I, we actually have six six other hosts. Yeah. yeah, so we are in uh, like twelve locations. Mm-hmm. We got like one pending, but uh, yeah, yeah, all around Utica. We have we have a night that just wrapped up in Cooperstown. So we did we did nice. an eight week run in Cooperstown, and then they for the they're going into the yeah. summer season. So. How far are you expanding out these days? Uh, so we're in Syracuse now. Nice, and then we're going ask. into. I just reached out to Albany. I'm trying to hit like Albany, Buffalo, just all yeah. central New York because we took the what we did was we packaged the game. Uh, and we sell that online. It's a now. good call. It's a yeah, smart so way to do it's it. Just, it's a digital subscription service, mm. which to me, that's like kind of the future of the business. Oh, yeah. So anybody can run the game. It's very simple. But of course, you know, the better, the more personable you are, the better you're going to be at it. How much involvement did you have with like putting the stuff together? Are you putting the trivia together? Or are you going through like a package that they give you? or like? Uh, a... So we do it a couple different ways. Yeah. Will is an incredible writer. I think last time he was yes, on, we were like, I love Will, we were pitching way. his book. Yeah. So he wrote, he has like a very hilarious novel. But uh, so he's a great writer. Yeah. Initially, him and I would we would co-write the game. So like he would write half, I'd write half. Yeah. As it expanded, you know, it became more demanding. So he writes actually really? probably like ninety percent of the trivia, yeah. and and I'm just I work on other things like sleep yeah. and. It's a bold thing to say. I don't mean to put him. Are you? In, would you consider him like your your partner? In absolutely. Like yeah. He's like your yeah, type yeah. Will, two. Will yeah. is the, is definitely a partner. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I think I I love talking to Will because he's a huge uh, wrestling mark, and we have really excellent conversations. He just about got wrestling. back from Lebowski Fest in L.A. Really? So if you want, you should huh. talk to him about that shit. Uh, he's he's such a good dude. I was happy to see him at uh, at the trivia we, you guys threw for uh, for Man Utica passport release weekend. I saw him for like ten minutes. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, was, yeah. I was really Katie happy. To, yeah, showed yeah. up maybe. Yeah, it's always nice to see him and Katie around. Two of my favorites. That's great. Yeah, it was. You know, it started off like, especially because he had some job he hated. 
And when we st- when he was doing trivia, right, <laughs> I was like, man, you know what? I'm like, I think I can get this to a place where we, we can both just do this full time. Yeah. I'm like, I can envision how we get there. And I thought it would take like two to three years. Yeah. And it happened like almost exactly on that timeline. Yeah. I think like probably two, one, or, one, or, one year or two years in, we were able to be like fully sustainable. Um, which was incredible. That's like that's the dream right there. Just like getting out of your shitty job. Well, that's and, and that's a great point. Like I always talk about. Uh, I worked a uh, shitty uh, insurance sales job for a long time, and I work in the education uh, field, and I make less money, right? But I don't hate my life, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't. I don't that's like a big a, factor. It's, in, a, yeah. it's a big important thing, and it's it's tough now, especially in like. I feel like in this, I feel like no one makes money anymore. Like I think like in the last ten years, people just stopped making money. <laughs> you just people are just trying to survive. Yeah. I, <laughs> I used to work retail sales and I made good money. Yeah, I just hated it. Same as situation. It's, maybe are we soft? Is it just our generation soft? Like we don't we don't like to do things we hate enough. Uh, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I think that. I don't buy into any of that shit. That like blaming the millennial shit. I don't. No, I'm actually the other way. I blame the boomers because they refuse to let go of anything. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's the yeah, other yeah. side of my... You, I mean, I don't know, man. That's. I, I guess I see both sides of the argument. I just try to avoid that argument. I, the problem that I have with the, with that the work structure yeah, is yeah. that it, it consumes your life. So oh you can make whatever. Maybe you're making 70 grand around here as an incredible salary. Yeah, for sure. But if you're working like 100 hours a week... You have no, there's no enjoyment time. What do you do with your money? You know what I mean? There's this really. You, may, you probably sleep on a real nice bed. Like, that's it. <laughs> there's this really... Uh, I want to say it was... I don't, it's not Malcolm Gladwell. I listened to somebody who was talking about like one of the great struggles in life. And it's when you're in your 20s and 30s and, and early 40s now, I think, as the as the age generation seems to have shifted a little bit older, the way people are living their lives now. We're living too long. We're living too, yeah. Um, those are the periods of time in your life when you have to like get out there and work. You got to do what it is to make that money and make your name. And it isn't until you get to a stage in your life, like your later 40s, early 50s, 60s, where you're like, I miss the f- people in my life because I had to subvert so much of it to, to like build a life for myself. And it's only later on that you sort of start craving that desire to be around people again. And it's very disconcerting for me. Do you feel like you squandered your twenties? I spent most of my, tw- mm, it's an interesting, that's a, it's an interesting and nuanced question because I played music in my twenties, right? That's sure. primarily what I did. I played in bands with Kev and I did the college thing briefly and got my associate's degree, then went back to college in my late 20s. So it's a, I don't think that the band time was a waste because I love it. And I think that there is... You ever hear the theory that people sort of stagnate at the moment in life when they're doing the, the best and they're killing it and that's where their personality stays for the rest of their life? I think sometimes that I'm chasing like 23-year-old me sometimes. 22-year-old, 21-year-old, like that era of my life sometimes right. still. Uh, I'm also an old, decrepit man at heart, so I'm, I'm sort of getting torn in both ways. Yeah. Right? You're going to make a great old man, dude. I'm I'm really leaning into it. You're going to make a great old man. <laughs> we just got to get you a couple outfits. I do need some new outfits. I still have a lot of like weird skateboarder stuff floating around. A lot of like, t-shirts and cards. You wear that to a theme party. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, like a nice <laughs> theme party. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't want to get too far off track, but that was a good question. Um, but no, I don't think I wasted my 20s. I think it's important. I just, you, but I guess so. What the point of the question was, do you think people waste their 20s? I think, I think it's important to waste a little bit of You have 20s, to figure right? it out. Like, you like you got to screw up for 10 years and go like, oh shit, I better do something. I mean, I think that I'm a better teacher 
because I can talk to my students about all the things I screwed up and still worked my way back into like, I'm going to have my master's in like less than a year, right? So for all the, the terrible life decisions I made and all like the weird, I'm going to be in a band, I'm going to move to New York, I'm going to stop going to school, I'm going to like, I still came back around and sure. made some stuff that I'm proud of. Hey, but you would have regretted if you didn't try that shit, I bet. Absolutely. Like you have to Absolutely. sort of go and do things. Oh no, because you, you learn about... You learn about what's important to you and what you actually care about and what excites you, like your passions. I loved playing live music. It was uh, it was the only thing that mattered. Why don't you just life. still play sometimes? What's the problem? Uh, hard to find drummers consistently as I get older. Oh, um, right. Yo, you need like a whole band. Yeah, I don't like to play you know, solo. You won't just go play a Kevin and I, somewhere. I would go play maybe with Kevin. Because you could, if you just like... Uh... Look a little more disheveled. You could pass as Jay Schnitt. You ever consider that? You could just play. I'm actually. You could do the Gallagher and his twin brother move with you and Jay. It's a stand-up comedy argument that I've always made, right? One of the things I respect the most about stand-up comedy is the visceral sort of raw. I'm going to be on stage and I'm talking to the people. There's no filter between me and the audience, right? If I if I'm telling jokes and they're funny, people are going to laugh. And if I say something that's not funny, they're not going to. And how I react in that moment is real and visceral and how I whatever like that's intimidating and fascinating and very like I'm inspired by it with being in a band is more of a collective in a different way you're with other people up there if I'm not I was a singer right if my singing was crummy I could sort of lean back and I'm gonna turn my guitar up a little bit maybe Nick will sing a little louder maybe Kev will do a little something I mean like there's other ways you can sort of hide if you're not feeling it that day right it's not the national anthem acapella right yeah yeah exactly so that's where i feel like i'm afraid to do solo stuff because i don't like the idea of just all my obvious flaws. i was never a great musician i was a serviceable musician right if you have even like just an eyedropper of insecurity within you which we all do yes that should get a rush to the surface it feels like a tidal (laughs) wave do you ever like think about like the you probably don't think about good sets you've had but you've probably thought about Mm. like bad ones you've had in your life uh I've sort of redirected my focus. I actually feel much more comfortable doing comedy now than I am. Really? Because I stopped pursuing it as a as like the end goal. Right. You know what I mean? Like initially it was like, I'm going to be a comedian. And then I started making money and I was like, I would rather make some money. You know, like <laughs> I would rather, because it's, it's a tough uh, endeavor, man. But there's like the right, there's a right attitude for it. Do you ever write for other people? Have you ever thought about doing that? I've been approached to do that and I haven't done it. I'm not opposed to it, man. I know uh, one comic who's very funny who, who like buys jokes or like, you know, right. has a writer. I don't, because the thing is like the, the in, when because the reason I, I, there's like some purists that hate that idea, yeah. of course, but uh, I look at the industry and it's like, there's got to be a job for comedy writers. So there it is. Well, I look at you know? like uh, you look at like the John Oliver show or uh, John like last week tonight with John Oliver. Any tonight, any um, show, man. And I think about like uh, one of the comedians I really enjoyed over the last few years, and she's gotten like a bunch of press now because that White House thing was. I saw Michelle Wolf years ago in New York, and like a weird. I saw you post about that. Yeah, was she hot? Yes, she's hot. Right? Uh, she has great sneakers. She's very confident. Good teeth. I like the voice. People don't like her voice. They think it's obnoxious. I'm into it. Uh, no, she was great, and I saw her open for an improv show. Like that's. Where it's that was New York for you, right? She, yeah. That's what she was doing like ten years ago, right? Opening up for my friend's weird improv Back to the Future show, and she was hilarious. But like now that she's on this TV show, she's got a Netflix show, right? She's yeah. She probably doesn't. She probably has a writing staff now, whereas ten years ago she did. Like, for is sure. that the sign of success where you don't even have you can have people to like write your stuff with you? I think you just hire your friends. Is it? I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, like I'm yeah. pretty sure that. If you're as long as you're That's cool and the end, you just hire your friends that it's are true. funny. If they were giving you a Netflix show, like you're probably calling Will first thing, right? Do you know what I mean? Will's definitely on the writing staff. I'm gonna hit up AJ Foster. Mm. I'm gonna contact 
uh, Steve Rogers. I'm gonna hit up just all like the local guys. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not naming them all, but <laughs> it's fine. Jackson will be in there. I'll I'll get people in there. Um, so before I get too far off all this comedy stuff, I wanted to focus on some of the let's, events you got coming up. Yeah, let's you, talk about the comedy event. You know, well, first of all, you want to talk about music bingo first, or you want to talk about... I want to talk about comedy first. All right, so that's so, June 15th show. This um, is coming up, and I'm, I talked to you about doing a ticket giveaway. Yes. Which, I, do you ever do giveaways on this podcast? Once in a while. When, uh, when... So, how do you do them? Maybe... Usually over Twitter. Twitter is usually our best forum. Fine. Uh, usually... If somebody hears this, and then they, you can, you can... Figure out how they win. All right, so I'll come up with something. I'll come up with uh, with some Twitter game. Something that they have to tweet at me directly, or Twitter game yeah. where they tweet at you directly and share the event or something like silly. But so it's coming up June fifteenth. We have uh, who's he's this guy's a personal friend of mine now. It's America's Got Talent finalist Kevin Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. So he's been he's appeared on national TV. Uh, he was featured on there. If you search, if you search like Kevin Downey Jr. America's yeah, yeah, yeah. Got Talent, you get the whole. I was going to ask you about that. Did you know him, you knew him beforehand, or uh, I no, I I knew well, I knew of him before yeah, yeah. that, and then uh, he had like a tear for a while where he was just crushing it, mm-hmm. doing theaters and stuff, and then uh, so then sort of that uh, that dies down after a little while. You know what I mean? Like, um, but he's. So he's from Long Island, I don't, but he used to play Albany all the time. Like he's yeah. doing a run in Albany, so whatever. I just met him um, through I don't know somebody man. No, I, okay. I booked him here and he was super cool. We just we became pals. Mm-hmm. He got me on six shows at the Funny Bone, right. which is a great <laughs> yeah. example. But it's a great example of how the industry works. You, it's most like I tell people like you got to be funny, but also just be nice. If you if you can be like funny and friendly, that's you'll make it. You'll be fine. Which is tough because I've in my time I spent with comedians in New York. Yeah. It seems like a sometimes very petty relationship people have. There's a lot of ego and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of in, there's like a lot of eye troppers of insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, especially in a place like where it's super condensed like that, it I feel like it does feel like everyone's your competition. Sure. Right? Well, especially when the people that I know that because I have some friends who've moved to the city. Yeah. That's a big move, man. You are you're going all in on that. You're going 100. percent So okay. it's got to feel different. Right. But sorry again, June 15th. Uh, and this is a Johnny B's in Rome. It's 9 p.m. Right, to right. 11 p.m. Kevin Downey Jr. Uh, also, Tom Moore and Joanna Ellis. Is that Joanna Elise? Elise, I sound So these are two new local comics. Nice. Uh, and I think we've talked about I always like to feature local talent on the show. And when I see somebody that I feel like, oh, this guy's, they're, they're, they're good enough. They're going to entertain. And uh, it's cool to feature local people. So Joanna's killing it, man. She's probably, she's been on stage all of maybe four or five times. Yeah. And she is at a level right now that people would be at like three years in. Oh, yeah. She's very, very good. She's very talented. Hmm. Um, and then Tom was, he played, he did the Comedy Cup this past year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he also, he's like, a, he works at the casino. I think he's got a pretty good hmm. circle of people nice. over there. So, uh, and it's in that area. It's in the Rome Floyd area. Which, by the way, Johnny B's, man, if you're in Utica... Looking for good food. This is the place. It's about 15 minutes, but we yeah, got him into the. Up, actually, after you told me, right, I right. Know much about it. We got him into the um, passport. So if you got your Utica Wonderful. passport, yeah, yeah, yeah. bring it to Floyd. You can bring it to the show. Even it's buy one get one appetizers. Wonderful. So we'll use that. The tickets are 15 dollars online if you get them at comedycny.com, hmm. and they're 20 bucks at the door. And Johnny B's is, is including your first drink. Beautiful. So, yeah, you get a drink to get your started. Pays for itself basically. Yeah, man, and uh, it's just, it's it's. I'm looking forward to it because the, the food there is great. Chef Johnny B does everything from scratch. It's my buddy's restaurant, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, and I'm big. I'm a big fan, so I want to get people out there to try it. That's all. I appreciate how excited you still get to bring like people in and let them see comedy. Like I love how like how much you enjoy comedy. It's, it's very man, yeah. <laughs> like I, it's very inspiring how much like. Well, there's 
It's it's you, when you have a passion for something, you yeah. know what I mean. And there's, I'm sure it's the same way for live music and stuff for you, you know. Yeah. I don't know. When there's a great show, man, there's like there's no better feeling. There's like when there's a shitty show, that's unfortunate. But, yes. <laughs> but like when every when 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 you know when all the switches flip at the right time, man, it's so good. There's no like you can't recreate that anywhere. Just people laughing and like. Oh yeah. You could see tears in people's eyes and yeah. shit. They're just like. What it a is, great it's a feeling, wonderful man. feeling. And when I, I think the closest thing like music you get is that when people know the lyrics to your stuff, that's a weird thing. Sure. Especially when you're like a nobody. Like I me, think. Me, <laughs> I don't know if you like. To me, I always thought for musicians it'd be like people dancing, or any DJs. Like if you get the whole crowd moving, yeah. And we you, were like you're coordinating. You're not necessarily. We're a punk band, a so dance for band, us, right. we wanted people to like jump around and like. Sure. But mostly it was just people nodding, yeah, like yeah. nicely. You know what I mean? Uh, we were we were it was a weird time to be in music, man. Like I, I felt like I was stuck in the middle between like the early era, like where you could have actually toured around and went to clubs and people would like original music, and then the era where it was easy to record things on your own at a computer. So we like went to a studio and paid real money to make like a CD right before people give no shits about CDs anymore, <laughs> right? Like I feel like that was one of the things. It happens, man. Sometimes you swing and, and you miss, or just the timing's not right or something, but. Uh, live music is I feel like it's gotta be harder because comedy pays shit and so now you have like to pay five people for a band like that sounds yeah. well, that's and the why. setup is intimidating well that's why you're better <laughs> off being somebody like I'm not the first example I mean but like Kanye or uh, like a, a solo type artist where you're making you're out there doing your show sure. and you make all a DJ is making that's a great deal I'm gonna stand behind a computer for three hours by myself yeah. all these people are gonna go nuts and then you can just pay me and yeah. I I don't get that kind of music not that I don't get it like I don't I don't know. It's not your favorite. I like a little instrumentation. I like I like things that sound warm. You don't get warmth out of a digital machine unless you yeah. have like I don't know. That's a whole other thing. I'm getting off. I like it. It sounds like <laughs> robots having sex. Uh, so uh, I'll I'll recap this June 15th show one more time before we wrap up. Uh, do you want to talk about the the music bingo yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Well? So we so we talked about how we launched trivia. Yeah. Three years ago, mm-hmm. and we me and Will sat down. We're like, we got to do something new and. <laughs> My buddy in L.A., he runs a uh, state, it's called Trivia with Buds. Trivia with Buds. And he's doing, basically what we're doing here, he's doing out in L.A. Nice. Great guy, and I've been on his, his podcast, mm-hmm. um, Trivia with Buds podcast. So nice. he's does, he's been doing this music bingo. Yeah. And I've seen it around here in, in a small capacity. I think like the yeah. Celtic Harp does a singo or sure. something, whatever yeah. it's called, <laughs> yeah. on like a random Friday or something. Yeah. And um, no knock on them, but I was like, you know, we nobody's really doing this. Why don't we do mm, sure. it with the same gusto that we did trivia we're going to put our own comedy spin on it, so it's going to be... And if you don't know music bingo, it's just regular bingo, mm. but you just play songs instead of call-out numbers. Nice. And it's popular tunes. Everybody knows them. They sing along. Mm. They have a good time. And when you hear your song, you stamp it's your card good. in. It's it's casual. You mm. could drink and hang out. You don't... Like, it's perfect. It's right in the same uh, line that, like, trivia is. And that's going to be uh, July 10th? That's not, that's going to be July 10th. It's a Tuesday night at Cavallo's, Cavallo's. which is just one of my favorite venues. Man. Yeah, see, you got a nice relationship with those guys. My, my re- they like family to me at this point. Oh, yeah. I just love the Cavallo's. <laughs> they are, they're supportive and they're kind. And they're, they're very, they run a great business, which is like oh, the yeah. most important thing. They just, they know how to embrace events. They have tons of live music and stuff, so. It's interesting, too, because when I was growing up, Cavallo's, as a kid, was all I remember from Cavallo's as a kid was Wing Night. Wing that was Knight. like the thing. Sure. 
That, that was like Saranac Thursday for kids who were like 15. If you couldn't drink. <laughs> if you yep. couldn't drink, right? Yeah. Just go get wigs. We used to do that all the time. But it's crazy now when I go over there how different it looks. They've done a lot. They've changed a lot in the last like 15 years. The so deck wasn't like, there. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, even there at all. The deck yeah. was not there, and that's, that's a huge part of it. Uh, and this actually, their Tuesday, this Tuesday night is their wing night, so we're going to do something. Yeah. We're going to do maybe Bingo Wingo or something. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's pretty good. I'll come up with a dumber name than that, but... Uh, we've pitched a couple trivia ideas, I know, at you in the past. Yeah, I know we've yeah. been trying to do like an office a park theme rec, night. Theme no- yeah. That's very specific. That's my concern about something like that. Sure. It's well, they're a- doing them in, uh, I just saw this in Albany, man. There's a trivia company in Albany that's running exactly what you guys pitched. Yeah. So it's like it's out there and it exists. And I think there's enough of a following. You know what I mean? I think people would come and play that. I think maybe I could do a one-time wrestling bingo with Will. Yeah, we, <laughs> I pitched this to Will, dude. It's like you have, so you have the wrestlers' names on the cards, and you yeah. play their entrance theme. Yeah. And when you hear the entrance theme, you t- you stamp the wrestler, dude. It can happen. I mean, you know, five people are going to come to it. Yeah, but well, it, that's the problem, yeah. right? Imagine, imagine if you weren't, if you were at a restaurant, you didn't know that was happening. Oh my god! And they're like, hey, I know you guys are trying to eat dinner. But <laughs> yeah, you know. the glass breaks, you're yeah. still music. Yeah. What's up? Well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey, it's the big show theme song. Yeah. I wonder if he's here. Um, is there a particular subject that you'd be good at, like some real fringe subject you feel like you'd kill at? Uh, like old school hip hop. Old school hip hop, yeah. really? I'm like a hip hop head, as yeah. odd as that sounds. What's your like uh what's your number one hip hop album? Like all time. Your number going to go cast Atlians. Nice. AT Aliens, nice. Yeah. Are Second you a Jizza guy at all? Uh, I don't know him well enough, but I don't have anything <laughs> against him. Uh, the Liquid Swords album is like one of my, that's my yeah. go-to. Uh, here, so I'll admit something that this is not a popular opinion. I don't, I'm not wild about Wu-Tang. They're fine. I mean. I, I like them. I'll listen to Wu-Tang. They're just, they're, dang- they're just mashing up words, man. It's like. It's a dangerous territory to get into because yeah. there's a lot of members of the Wu-Tang I like. Sure. I like Method. I like RZA. I like the Jizza. I like Ghostface Killer. All separately. But I don't yeah. always love the collected works of the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, besides yeah. the one album that everyone likes, I I, I rock out to Wu Tang. I don't have any, <laughs> yeah. problem, but I just like when I listen to Raekwon. I feel like ninety percent of the time I'm going like, this doesn't even make sense. <laughs> he is just jamming words together. I cannot relate to this music <laughs> at all. Well, that's why I get into like Action Bronson because I can understand what he's talking about. It's just like sure. wrestling and, and, and there's uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a song. It's called Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. And I don't know, I I just discovered it, you would love it. It's kind of this, it's like this goofy white rapper, and it's but it's really good. I was just I was just jamming it on the way over here. There's a weird rap and wrestling connection. Are you allowed to play music on this? I mean, no one's gonna stop me. Right. Yeah. Play it on here, I don't know. Yeah. This is uh who plays it? Prof. Right? Prof. P-R-O-F. Prof. Free like promotion pro- yeah. for the prof. The professore. Uh. There's a Barack Obama impression? You can look it up on your spot. Yeah, it's pretty good. What's it called again? It's Prof? called Andre the Giant. By Prof. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. The, uh, al- the album is called Pookie Baby. Ooh. There's a good uh, Ric Flair rap song by Killer Mike. Dude, I just heard good. a new ah. Ric Flair song. It must, maybe it was on my it was on my release radar. Ric Flair is almost a rapper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's it's very similar. Do you think he gets royalties for all this shit? He must be loaded. Oh my! Imagine well, if, if he gets a like a play, he gets some. He's got like seven like ma- uh, like like uh, payments he's making ex wives and stuff. Oh, so any money he makes, God. 
He's yeah, he's he's tough with paying out alimony. Sure. Yeah, yeah I heard he's not doing the greatest. <laughs> well, he's he's, he's been doing around better for a than us. Yeah. yeah, it's true. He's still a legend. I would take it. He's still a legend. People know his name. Would you trade places with Ric Flair right now? At your age and just you have, have to, his age now and, and like assuming how much life he has left, would you no, do it? No, no, I gotta have at least a couple years of wrestling. I'd have to have a couple years of actual, so I'd have to go back at least. You'd want to be like forty-year-old Ric Flair. Give me from when he retired the first time to now, because okay. he wrestled in between when he first retired. And, and you would just abandon your family and all your friends and stuff and he just become Ric Flair. He would not miss me. None of these but what if you called him up as Flair? Wouldn't that be amazing, <laughs> brother? Kevin, it's, listen, something <laughs> crazy happened. It's like Freaky Friday, and I'm Ric Flair. <laughs> I just heard this story today like it was a, a mailbag question I read on something any of these movies from back in the day like Big or Freaky Friday if that happened in real life now and your friend told you that you'd commit them right you would not believe them if someone came up to you and like Phil I'm your I'm your nephew but I'm like 50, I'm 35 years old now because I've made a wish you'd be like you're a crazy person how how close is the resemblance though well that's what I want <laughs> if the kid looks like the older version it's like I could you could sell me on that but if okay so if, so for example, let's say Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson were here. Right? I wouldn't want it to be like a, an eight-year-old girl that turns into like a sexy woman. That would freak me That'd out. That'd be weird. But That'd like, be weird. Hey, it's me, your niece. <laughs> Just fucking get out of here. But if Katie Riley from Maiden Utica and me from yeah. the Uticast came to you and said, we switched personalities, I'm now in Katie's body, Katie's now in Sam's body, you'd think we were insane people. You would not believe us. I wouldn't believe you. No, of course not. Yeah, it's I wouldn't insane believe you. thing, only in movies. <laughs> I don't know, but I, yeah... That wouldn't, yeah, I would never believe you. <laughs> no one would believe that in real life. This only exists in movies. How life. would you even convince people? You'd have to. You'd know have to, some, know, you'd have to know something. But then you would. You guys could just share that stuff. It's it true. Be, yeah, it could all be an elaborate. I'm going to work on this. An elaborate ruse. Uh, yeah. So I got to ask you two quick questions. Yeah. I want to get into uh, your lightning round questions, which I concocted especially yeah. for you. You can cut out all the other shit. Let's do. No, this. no, 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 no. It's good. I have two questions for you. So, um, one. You went to the Handshake City meeting yesterday that I could not attend. I did, yeah. Um, I know you've been doing a lot more work with us lately. Uh, I'm very intrigued by the possibilities of this like Handshake City thing. And I was curious at what you thought about the meeting yesterday at all, if you had a good time down there. I was. It was nice for me because I was trying to wrap my yeah. head around exactly what it is. I actually <laughs> don't know where the space is. So I just saw the space actually a couple like the first time we. And shot they the asked that at the there. meeting. They were like, "Has everybody seen the space?" And I just kept quiet. I haven't seen the space. No, no. Uh, but I understand it's four thousand square feet. Yes, which sounds. It's pretty big. substantial. It's substantial. It's How much bigger. is an acre? How many uh, square dude, feet is I'm that? Not, I don't know. No, it's. You could, I could. You tell me any number. I'd say yeah, sure, that's fine. A thousand acres. Oh, this is. Uh, it could be like. I don't, what if? Yeah. We went to shoot the video. The, the Google. How many uh, square feet is an acre? Just stole all your. All right. Here's Google many square feet oh, acre for Christ video. Folks, that didn't you work to... at all. It's <laughs> you know, just playing a song. Every time I do this, when I ask my <laughs> phone something, it's never as smooth as they pretend it is on the right, commercials. Right. Yeah. I'm like, Alexa, how many times did Ric Flair win the world title? And they'll be like, here's a list of websites. I'm like, no, just tell me a number. Sure. I I, we re we returned our Alexa, man. <laughs> Laura got me one for Christmas, and I thought it was a pile of shit. It, it worked like 30% of the time. I keep hearing all these nightmare stories about it, like recording your conversations and I sending it to people. I don't care about any of that. Well, I don't. I don't. well, no, but I could see where like, if, if it misheard something, and now it's like, oh, record and send to my dad or something. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Yeah. Um, I don't even, yeah. They got it. That technology... 
It's almost there. It's not quite there yet. We've leaned into technology way too much as a society. Because what happens when the electricity is gone? Everything we, we live on is like all our infrastructure is going to collapse because we make everything. Yeah, I don't like now. to worry about that. No, I, I don't either. But I, feel I like, like to just cross that bridge <laughs> on my Segway when it happens. Like, I don't want. <laughs> I have a quick question about you that I'm very curious about. And I don't even know how much you want to talk about this. It's fine. For a long time, you were you connected to Fat Cats for a while? Yeah, that's where I started. Yeah. Is Fat Cats still around? No, no, no. It's weird that people would even think that. Uh, well, I didn't think so, it was, but oh, I was okay, curious because yeah. I wanted to ask. I liked the idea that there was like a comedy club. It's fantastic, yeah. Did, doesn't did it seem? Do you think like it would be sustainable today? Is it even no, something that could be sustainable? Not at all. We here? actually ran a business plan for one. Yeah. Because we, had, I'd looked into it. Was that it, was yeah. initially that was the dream. It was like, yeah. oh, cool, let's open a club. Uh, we'll yeah. run a comedy club. Um, and then when you actually look at what's involved and just the numbers. We did. We, me and my buddy Blair, uh, who is my, he does all my bookkeeping. And yeah. He's a great, very intelligent yeah. accountant. Hmm. He did all the business planning. And the problem is, the area here, like the population, and yeah. then once you factor in the expendable income, and then how often people would need to attend, and the, like what they would have to spend on average and shit, yeah. it didn't work out. That's what I. It was not sustainable. Yeah. So even Fat Cats opened in like 2003 and ran very successfully. Yeah, for yeah. To like 2004. Five maybe because yeah. we used to sell out like 100, 200 seat shows every weekend. We were doing four shows. Yeah. It was wicked. Um, and they did everything right, man. I mean, even, mm. even from like the marketing to the logo and stuff, they did a really good job there. Yeah, yeah. But I believe it just became sort of a, a just a saturate, like a sustainability thing because yeah. for you could, you could get out these big audiences for a couple years, mm. but eventually you're selling a similar product or, you know, very close to the same product to the same audience. All the time. For so yeah. long, after a few years, I, I and that's what I contribute, sort of the decline. Because well, that's what I think. I look at like the New York City ones I would go to, and even yeah. those ones, some of the nicer ones, I don't know what kind of margins they run on in terms of like, you right, know what right. I mean? There's I mean, a they, lot of people out they there. They hit you with a two drink minimum, which is sort of the built in yeah. revenue there, yeah. But I feel like when I would go to comedy clubs, and especially in New York, in big cities, Chicago, New York, mm -hmm. like 80% of the people who were there were also like comedians comics do you know what I mean like so uh, right. I feel like it's hard to sustain like a, a constant audience right, over right. and over again absolutely man yeah. yeah especially um, and I think people have tried to relaunch a yeah. comedy club here poorly you know and uh, the problem is that a comedy club the comedy is is like number like sixth of the actual things that matter with yeah. that business like you have to run a successful bar restaurant yeah uh, and I mean what there's so much involved mm -hmm. man I didn't want to do any of that, so we just took the comedy portion and outsourced it, yeah. which was like by far the smart, smarter business mm. play. You know what I mean? So, it, it's, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's great, and it's, it's interesting that you bring it up too because uh, it's interesting that you guys have thought about it again. Because I always wondered, like, yeah. it's it's such an interesting idea. I love the idea of a comedy club, but as I think about it, I'm like, I feel like you can do the same thing you do at other venues that already exist without having to pay all that overhead, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And uh, you would be. Man, you would be trying to draw people away from other stuff. Like yeah. it would be the challenge is enormous, and so but even if you were successful, I think it would last for a few years, yeah. and 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 you would you would run out of money. Uh, again, folks, June fifteenth, uh, Johnny B's in Rome, uh, comedy CNY featuring Kevin Downey Jr. of America's Got Talent, Phil Farda, of course, Tom Moore, Joanne Elise. I say it right this That's time. That's right, and you know who else is on that show? A local. Buddy of mine, Ben Dewar, you know Ben Hamin? Oh, yeah. Two CW. He's guy. actually he's not, he, he's a late entry, but he's going to be performing there as well, man. He cracks me up. Yeah. I remember. He's hilarious. I love how uncomfortable he makes people, which is a weird thing to say. And like yeah. the very. The, he's a perfect yeah. heel. He's, he's a great a, heel. He's I love wrestling. Perfect heel, yeah. <laughs>
So yeah, but I, he's performing as himself, and he's just he's he made his debut with us yeah. as a comic. He's great, man. So yeah, no, he's a great dude. He's a really smart guy, actually. Yeah. Like, I've, I've talked to him occasionally here and there when I've met him. He's a very interesting guy. Right? Yeah, he's, he's all right. Uh, so, Phil <laughs> uh, Farna, uh, again, owner and operator of Stage Time Trivia, of course, comedy, seat, and wine. Uh, I have 11 questions for you, very quick questions. Sure. Come up with these, uh, and I definitely didn't steal them from other questionnaire lists on the internet. Fine. Uh, I thought it'd be a fun way uh, to get some last questions in here. For, so here you go, question number yep. one. Phil Farda, what makes you optimistic about the future? Uh, knowing for sure that I'm going to die. <laughs> I ju- I'm so, I find so much comfort <laughs> this all end in that somehow. this is all going to be over, so you might as well just have a... Fun. <laughs> it's good. It's actually that makes yeah. me. That's not as morbid as people would take it to be. I think. No, it's I don't mean. Very... It, I don't mean it to be morbid. There's some comfort in that. Uh, number two. What was the first album you bought with your own money? Um, I, man, you know, I don't really remember. Uh, my first album ever was the Beastie Boys' "License to Ill." Nice. Was a gift, and then I got Chub Rock. You, mm-hmm. I don't. That's nobody's. It sounds familiar. No, Chub no. Rock is big, like uh, old school rap yeah. guy. Uh, but I, I don't. My parents bought all that shit for me, so hmm. I don't know. Very nice. Uh, number three, do you believe in ghosts? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I, got, I, have friends who, I have friends who ghost hunt. Yeah. And you know how many ghost heads they have mounted on their wall? And zero. They're That's not, you're not, dude. It's I just don't, an empty plaque. No. And I don't, like, I don't, it could it could I don't. That's, I'm, I'm sorry, that's hilarious. I'm going to do that now. I'm just going to get a plaque on my wall. like What is it? Yeah, like ghost a ghost. Hunt. Yeah, it's a ghost head. I, I hunted it. Yeah. A ghost that's, hunt. Um, that's I, I, I believe it could happen. Like, I don't want to walk through a haunted, like an old no. rickety house at night. No, certainly not. I'd be scared. But that's more of me, just me being a pussy. Than, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. believe in ghosts. I'd fall over more than I'd get haunted yeah. and hurt myself. Uh, question number four. If you were only allowed one condiment for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Mustard. Mustard? Like yep. spicy mustard or like yellow mustard? Oh, I, um, I'd go like spicy brown. Okay, that's fair. Even over like salsa? I feel like I've made a big mistake here, but... Uh, yeah, is there, are there any sweet condiments? Like, what is there any like dessert condiments? Like chocolate sauce? Chocolate Does sauce? that count? I guess like Hershey syrup is technically. I don't know that don't anybody know. would consider that. Um, would you condiment? <laughs> You're limiting yourself. What well, you can put it on, I guess. Like French. French fries and ice cream, and that's about it. That's right. I said French fries. Uh, all right, number five. In what type of social situation are you the most uncomfortable? Uh, any situation where I feel like there's other people that. Are uh, they just they they like are like ser- serving me? I don't like to be waited on. <laughs> I know that's weird, man. But I just like, like what, a restaurant. I, no, not, a restaurant is, is <laughs> okay. Paid, yeah, yeah. But I uh, we went on a cruise, man, and they have like this whole staff. Yeah. That they just keep in a closet, and they they're just there. <laughs> they treat you like royalty. And it just makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Where it's like, why don't you guys just chill and hang out with us? How's like, the other half living down there? Right. I don't want. I, I hope I never have. Like, I don't ever want to have that kind of money where I like I'm an asshole. I don't want to be. I don't have asshole money. Well, I think the problem with that is that anytime you get any amount of money, you slightly turn a little bit into more of an asshole. Like, I think it's not. Sure, it's yeah. not like there's a switch you hit. Like, I think as you gain more money, you incrementally become more and more. Of an I think asshole. you just have less. You, it, it, <laughs> it like you lose your patience. For shit. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't like to. Feel, I don't like to feel that people are, like, uh, I don't know. No, I, I understand. That's a fair one, and that's that's actually pretty magnanimous of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number six. What was your dream job when you were a kid? Uh, I was. This is this is it. This is it, man. Just this, this, this is it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like really, dude. I've always I wanted to do stand up. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in this like 
particular capacity. Mm. I imagined like doing a theater like Sinbad or something, but mm. uh, this is fine. Yeah, huh? <laughs> it's close enough. Uh, all right, this is sort of a serious question. So, uh, do you think that art should be separated from the artist? You got to explain that, man. <laughs> all right, I guess like, like if you draw a photo, can I take it away from you? What are you talking? No, about? No, no. I guess like, can you enjoy? Like, uh, I guess a good example would be like, can you enjoy a Louis C.K. stand up even knowing that he's a piece of crap now? Do you know what I mean? Like, can you separate the good work that somebody's done if oh. the artist is a jerk? Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, of course. I, it's a good question. I, I, I see what you're saying, though, right? Because like now no, everybody, I agree. everybody I, hates Cosby, so now it like does it dismantle everything he's done? Well, I was, it's sort of funny when you were when you came in. I was talking about this with the Roseanne thing. I was watching like these old episodes of Roseanne, and right. I'm trying to like because I remembered watching the old Roseanne when it was on, and even before this new one came back, I was like, you know, the old Roseanne's kind of a good show. Like people don't give it enough a credit. Great show, like yeah. it's a great show. And now like she's all this terrible nonsense and Twitter and. Calling people monkeys or whatever. I never read the. I don't even know what the tweet is. Ah, uh, it's terrible. She. It's. It's. Can it's you just, repeat it verbatim? I'd have to look it up. I don't right. know. What, she basically said. I just want to hear she you compared say it. to somebody as like being the love child of like the Muslim Brotherhood and a gorilla or something like that. You know, I mean, it's some real, overtly over the top racist nonsense, right? All right. So, so I was, and then they canceled the show, right? And it's like. Can I separate the art from the In this case, I have a hard time with it because I feel like over the last few years, I'm like, Roseanne's not so bad. And I'm like, okay, maybe yeah. she's crummy. <laughs> right? I, but I still like John Goodman. I still like Laura Metcalf. Was Metcad. it funny? Like, that's the thing. The new I one? Don't... I didn't watch it. No, no, I mean Roseanne. Like, was the tweet funny? Was there a joke in there? No. it's She's not just not doing stand-up anymore. She's like your crazy aunt who sure. like goes on the internet and sees a meme and I, then yeah. says, well, that's obviously the truth. Like, yeah, yeah, and, someone, now, and she's got money and a little power, and, and yeah, yeah. I could see that. I've also read somewhere that back in like '94, she she came cr- out, she singing. crushed the start the national anthem. <laughs> oh yeah, I was I remember that that was a big scandal. <laughs> yeah, she, she like she she like did a parody. Yeah. of the national anthem and, and then like poorly. and then like grabbed her crotch and spit on the ground yeah. like a baseball player. She also came out and said she had multiple personality disorder in in the '90s. Yeah, so. I don't know how you take that or if that has anything to do with it. Like, I don't know if one of her multiple personalities is a racist. I think that's funny. I don't care about the fucking national anthem, dude. No, I don't. I I mean, I'm... I Just this national... I don't... We spent the last podcast talking about how I think the NFL really shot themselves in the foot making a big deal out of this kneeling thing. I hope they all leave. I would like... It'd be great if everybody kneels. Oh, my God. Just... I hope they do, because what are they going to do? They're going to stop them from kneeling? They're the, yeah. they're the players. You're going to stop the players from doing it? Okay, no game today, guys, because we're jerks, right? Like, yeah. I don't... Uh, they'll figure it out. Well, <laughs> less, got... less serious question. Okay. Uh, if you had to stay one age forever, what would it be, and why? Uh, could, could, I'm going to say uh, 36. 30, 36? 30, the best year of my life, 36. I love it. Yep. Makes if, I could, if I could stay 36 and have that year that I had, <laughs> sold. Uh, and these last two questions are just uh, revamps from the last time we've talked. Uh, this one is just give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Sure, man. We uh, what have we just we've been we just finished. I, first of all, so I we we were watching uh, Westworld, and I think I'm done, man. So we, I, this last episode was like we had this I, talk. This is the only thing I haven't seen is this last episode yet. But are you off? You're off. I you're think off that Westworld. we're. I think we're done. Interesting. Uh, no, I mean, we're no, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna try another one, but if they're on probation, it's like this is it's just it's so fucking it's so hard to follow. I'm a big Twin Peaks guy. Uh, I've never seen it, but well, I love the Twin I'm Peaks. I'm familiar. It's like wacky. The narrative with Twin Peaks is that the first season yeah. is amazing, and the second season is good for the first few, and then 
really falls off the rails and becomes like self-parody. And I'm concerned that Westworld season two is becoming a self-parody of what it was in the first sure. seasons. And it's just like, and again, I'm not totally ready to write it off, but I'm close. I'm, and I'm, I could, I'll take some responsibility for this because I had, I thought season two was going to go somewhere entirely different. Sure. I thought sure. the goddamn robots were going out into the real world. Yeah. And there was going to be a whole different story. This is not at all what I imagined. I'm very curious about what the real world is like in this Westworld universe. They don't talk a lot about what the rest of the world is like unless and something happens last episode yeah. that I haven't seen yet. Also, the level of technology in the Westworld doesn't seem to be reflected anywhere else. Like, I don't... It's very inconsistent with what's, how technology works on that show. Yeah. Like, they have these, like, iPads that they're, like, controlling all the, the robots with sure. and stuff, but it's like, well, why aren't the humans just using those more often? Like, they seem to be all-powerful. Like, it's... I had the same complaint with <laughs> the Black Panther. I didn't care for the Oh, the, film. What, uh, the vibranium? Is it... Like, no, this is, like, the, the problem I had with Black Panther is the whole film... They had, like, th their technology was light years ahead of, like, light the rest of the world. Ahead. And then there was just, like, a, there was a, a big portion of the movie, like, the, maybe the most action-packed yeah. portion was just, like, a regular car chase. Right. And like, dude, you guys definitely have the technology <laughs> yeah. to, like, end this car chase immediately. Yeah, the most disappointing parts I of... I can't... I not, yeah. <laughs> the most disappointing parts of Black Panther are the action sequences, I really love. Like, I like all the parts where it's, like... Uh, Chadwick Boseman and Michael uh, Michael K. Williams talking in the Purple Land. Like that's all very cool to me. But yeah. whenever they're like having a punch fight, I'm like, okay. That's what I'm saying. It was the yeah. the, the big finale was a fist fight. Yeah, it's a fist fight. Like, yeah. this is it. I want to see some CGI shit. I haven't seen uh, Infinity War yet. I want to go this week, but I feel I've like never seen it. I've never seen it. yet. That seems like it's going to be a go. huge like CG orgy. That's all I want. Like, yeah, just, tons just and wow tons me with <laughs> graphics, and then Charlize Theron does a split or something. <laughs> that's all. I'm done. Sold. Uh, and last question, uh, besides comedy, of course, mm -hmm. uh, give me one other thing that you, Phil Farda, are passionate about. Um, I oh god, passion is such a heavy word. Man. <laughs> Can I just tell you a couple things I like? Sure. I like playing poker. And really. I like. Uh, What's your game? Just to hold Texas? them. Yeah. Just yeah, hold them. Yeah. Hold them. And uh, I like video games. I play them to you chill play out. Right now, what are you playing right now? Dude, I'm playing a game called Kingdom New Worlds, and it's. An old school. It's hmm. like a Steam game. Oh, okay. Nice. And it's just nice. an old, like, tower defense type of... Nice. It's, uh, it's I like it. wacky. I, I don't play competitive games because I can't stand the... We have a uh, we have one of these things, uh, these Raspberry Pis. Did you ever see a Raspberry Pi? Not the food. The sure. Raspberry Pi, the little computer. I've never seen them. They're really cool. They're just little computer hard drives, and you can attach um, things to them, right? Like uh, SD cards and different USB ports. And basically, Parkinson built... A Super Nintendo, Sega. Oh, uh, dope, man. And it's got everything on it. So we've yeah, been playing yeah. a like ton. Like emulator, of, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an emulator for like 10, 12 different systems. Oh, plus arcade games. So if you it. want to play that weird X-Men or Simpsons arcade game that they never made ports for, we have that. It's super random. I'll have to show it to you when we're done. Why it's doesn't really... he make more of those and sell them illegally? He didn't make them. He just bought them off Etsy and the internet. Oh, I see. So it's somebody really, else already Somebody did else that. is already illegally Somebody's already ahead it's of It's got to be illegal, by the way. I was thinking about yeah. this. I'm like, you just can't just emulate all these games and sell it on Etsy. Sure, it's definitely right. illegal, right? I don't know where he got it from, so right. I can't rant them out. Uh, one more time. June 15th, folks. Uh, I'm going to come up with a ticket giveaway. Maybe something like uh, have him tweet at you and the show yeah, yeah. with like, I don't know. Can we do it on Facebook? Is that out of the question? No, Facebook's better. I can do Facebook. Because I, that's where I operate. All right, life. so I'll do it on Facebook. I love it. Just, um, yeah, find the... Uh, I'll get Parkinson to help me out on this, too, because he's good at giving away stuff on Facebook. Yeah, I, that's great. I have I have, I have, have a giveaway, like, actively running, but it's lost in the page somewhere, but yeah. whatever. Uh, again, Phil, always a pleasure to talk Yay, to you, Yay, good man. to see you, man. The first member of the Five Timers Club. I gotta get you something nice, like a, I gotta get you, like a painting. Last time I got a little trophy that I threw <laughs> out two, immediately. Only two I don't times. know if you know that, but that thing is... 
Not too in the garbage. It's funny because the last four people who've been on did not get them because I have not gone to the store to buy more of them because yeah. I'm the worst. And I have no money. Wait, I'm you, broke constantly. They sell those at the store. Like, can you buy them in bulk? Yeah, I did buy them in bulk. Yeah. That'd be a fun little trivia giveaway. You win a little yeah, uh, a garbage the, trophy, we'll call it. I'm not giving them free uh, advertisement, but I'll tell you off the air. There's Perfect. A, yeah, we, there's don't a, yeah. Want, <laughs> we don't want to plug uh, any local businesses. <laughs> I don't think they're a local here. business. <laughs> uh, so, again, folks, Phil Farda, follow him on all the social platforms. Uh, get behind some stage time trivia. Follow Comedy CNY. Check us out June 15th. Uh, then you also had the music bingo on July 10th, you said? We're making the debut July 10th at Cavallo's. Taking, over, fun, taking over the comedy game. Yeah, and you're going to see that music bingo uh, a lot more places. We're going to put that in what we put in trivia. That's the point. Thank you so much, Phil. Enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate Thanks, you man. taking so much time. It's a long one. It's good. I'm nice on the to way to trivia right now. Well, good luck, brother. Uh, folks, go back to the show in just a moment. Thank you once again, Phil Farta, aka Laugh Farta on Twitter, one of my favorite Twitter. I had, a great, I had a great chat with Phil over the weekend, actually. I saw him yeah. at the, the Mail Creek 10th anniversary party. Oh, very nice. Which was a blast. Mm. They had a so whole, yeah, they had a whole party going all day with like bands playing out in the lot and everything. Uh, just, you know, like we did for the Downtown Gets Out last year. I saw a lot of people out there. I went down mm. after I got out of work and uh, I had a nice talk with Phil. It was always good to see him. Mm. Always, always an interesting guy to sit down and have a conversation with. No matter where I am, what's going on, I always end up sitting down talking to Phil for like half an hour. Well, you know what's interesting about Phil is he's a comedian, obviously, and he's a funny guy. So I feel like a lot of times when you sit down or someone sits down with Phil, it's pretty much like he feels like he needs to like make you laugh or put on the show where people expect that he's going to put on the show and be a funny guy. He's actually really he's thoughtful. So nice. He's a very thoughtful guy. And, you know, a lot of times my most fun I have talk with him is not like comedy stuff, but just sort of talking oh, yeah. shop. He's, he's so genuine. Every time yeah. I just see him randomly out, he'll come right up to me, talk to me, ask me how everything's going. Oh, yeah. Super nice. Very friendly. Mm-hmm. Um... So, guys, uh, we're going to do the history lessons. Uh, I'm going to skip the Brian Colangelo story because it's, we've done enough sports already. Uh, but did you read anything about this, Heather? Uh, what? There's this NBA owner who basically... skip it by doing it. But uh. He had... <laughs> yeah, NBA owner, yeah, the NBA owner had five Twitter accounts, apparently, that mm-hmm. were uh, burner accounts that he was using to tweet about people in his business. In support for himself. In support oh. for himself. <laughs> and then the story came out that maybe it was his wife who's been doing it. So it's a really interesting story. Uh... I don't want to get too into it again, but that's there's more actually, coming out. That's actually an interesting sports story. It is a good sports story. Uh, if you haven't read about it, look it up. Brian Colangelo. It's pretty funny. I won't get into it here because I have to do some history lessons, guys. Are you ready for history that's lessons? It. No. <laughs> All right. They're actually pretty easy this week. Um, on this day, 1933, uh, in Camden, New Jersey, the first drive-in movie theater was opened. Uh, the opening film was the 1932 British Fox comedy Wives Beware, which sounds hilarious. Uh, the price of admission was 25 cents for a car and 25 cents per person. Uh, the drive-in, however, did not include the in-car speaker system like we we had back in the day where you could like um, tune your FM radio so it would play through your car. Uh, back then, they just had three big speakers that were mounted on the screen that provided the sound, which meant anyone who was in the back of the lot or anyone in the surrounding area also had a hard times hearing and seeing things. 
Uh, the popularity of the drive-in spiked after World War II, and it reached its heyday in the late 1950s and the mid-60s with some 5,000 theaters across the country. It became an icon of American culture. Um, however, the rising price of real estate, especially in suburban areas, uh, combined with a growing number of walk-in theaters, uh, curbed the growth. Today, they are fewer than 500 drive-in theaters in the United States. Is there still one in Rome? Is yeah, it I think that one closed. Is that one closed, too? Yeah. There's one up, oh man, I don't remember where I was. Uh, I went up to some lake over the last summer for like my cousin's bachelor yeah. party or something. I can't remember the name of it, it's on the tip of my tongue, but they have a drive-in out there, like out in the middle of nowhere, just yeah. out in a field. Because I remember I saw the screens and I was like, oh, this must be some old drive-in that's left. And I looked and it had like current movies playing. Whatever hmm. was like hot last summer, whatever like Avengers movie or something like yeah. that. I yeah. loved the drive-in. I do too. And I, I loved it. It's kind of, I, I get why they're not popular anymore, right? There's probably a lot of overhead to it. Like, it's. Plus, people don't have those super cushy wide bench seats in the whip anymore. Like, everybody's got all these <laughs> teeny it's tiny true. little plastic <laughs> German bucket seats. It's true. You're sitting there for, like, what, a double feature? That's punishment. Yeah, it's true. You What's the what what last mean? movie you saw in a drive in theater? I, I don't think I've ever been to a drive in theater. Never? Yeah. Really? I don't know. I saw two that I can remember. My dad took me to go see the Jim Carrey movie, The Mask. Do you have to stay in the car the whole time? Yeah. See what I'm saying? No, we, it was I, all right, we just though. sat on, it was like, right. outside the car. So, yeah, if you have a van, a lot of times you can open the back and, like, lay down, as so a lot of people would do. Yeah. Uh, but then it's also a prick move to the people who are sitting behind you, right? Like, you're blocking them off. Get a van. It's. <laughs> I, I always liked... I liked the aesthetics of the drive. Again, I, love, I don't I think, would still go. I would still go if they were around, but again, I understand why it's not yeah. a thing anymore. Uh, on this day, 1968... Senator Robert F. Kennedy died after his wounds when he was shot the previous night. Uh, the 42-year-old presidential candidate uh, was mortally wounded shortly after midnight at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. He had just won the California presidential primaries in the 1968 election. Uh, his death prompted the United States Secret Service to protect presidential candidates, which is not something they had done up to that time. Even though his brother had been shot and killed a few years earlier... Uh, presidents were receiving that sort of secret service, but not candidates at that time. It was after this that pretty much every politician started receiving some sort of secret service cover. Uh, at the time of his death, uh, the assassination of Robert, Robert Kennedy and the circumstances surrounding it have spawned a variety of conspiracy theories because, of course, they have, but typically it's CIA involvement. Uh, second gunman, usually one of those two. Uh, I'm not going to go too into this. Uh, the Netflix documentary they did was really good on it, though, if you're more interested in it. I remember when we were watching the documentary, and that was the thing that stuck with you. And it's weird because, you know, knowing what happened to him, you're yeah. watching it, you know, inevitably he's going to get shot and killed. But, like, the, I remember you and me both remarking when watching it, like, it's crazy to see how close the people mm. were able to get back yes. then. Like, he was out campaigning. He was in places, and he was literally out, you know, rubbing up against the people, like, right in the throng of the crowd. And, you know, you still see people do a lot of stuff like that, but, like, to see... You know, he wasn't the president either at the time, but to see any given, like, attorney general or anything else we yeah. might have or presidential <laughs> candidate to be out like that, like, by himself. He didn't have, like, six dudes around him with earpieces yeah. and everything, and it was just wild. When I was living in New York, I uh, remember walking down from Hunter College to the subway station one day, mm -hmm. and I did not remember that Barack Obama was in town, in New York, for a UN meeting or whatever the hell it was. And you literally could not get within three blocks of where they were. Like, oh, yeah. streets were closed off, cops everywhere. And I was like, I'm trying to get to the subway. They're like, piss off, go around. Like, we don't care. Uh, but then when Justin and I went to go cover the primaries, Republican things, when they were doing the uh, primaries, and they're doing the, when John Kasich came around here. Sure. Like, 
We walked up and said hello to him. No one checked us. Do you know what I mean? It's a really, it's really strange. Like, there's not that much separating, like, the president and a person who's in politics. I feel like, you know what I mean? it's but, all, well, no, because it's also way different when you're talking about primaries. Because you don't true, even have yeah. a presumptive nominee at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have, like, a national convention sanctioned um, candidate for the presidency yet. You've got, like, you know, 10, 10 guys. Mm. Just run around, so you can't really put that kind of coverage on all of them. No, I know. It just yeah. it just seemed weird. Like it's just, it, it's so different from like because even when mm-hmm. Justin went to the Trump one, there was more coverage for the well. well it's also Trump's a celebrity. Yeah. It's also the difference between um, New York City and upstate too. That's true. You know yeah, what I mean? True. Like we, there are a lot. Somebody's a lot <laughs> more likely to try to pull some wild stuff. You feel like in New York, whereas opposed <laughs> like up here, it's everybody's just yeah. kind of mellow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody wants no problem with John Casey. Yeah. That's true. He was a nice guy. Um, you guys know what a quagga is? Q-U-A-G-G-A. It's an animal. Okay. It is a half... Isn't it K-K-A? Talk, talk to me about it, because there's something that's spelled almost like that. Uh, it, is a subs- it is a subspecies of zebra. It's like half zebra, half horse. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Those are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've they're ex- never heard of this. They're extinct. Okay, well, uh, that makes me feel a lot better then. Uh, <laughs> so, on this day in 1984, scientists cloned the DNA of the quagga, an extinct horse-like striped animal extracted from a 140-year-old skin. Uh, they went, they tried very hard to breed zebras to try and bring right. the quagga back to life because they're uh, because they're closely related. Science. All Science. about coulda, not about shoulda. <laughs> <laughs> Their goal was to breed zebras to recreate the quaggas. Uh, it did not work. Uh, as of yet, technology that would allow the cloning of a live quagga from extracted DNA from the skins that exist does not is not real. You can't do that, right? Um, I get a real kick out of this because that... It just means to me that there's some scientist out there. There inevitably has to be some scientist out there. Like, his life's mission. Like, he gets up in the morning. He's like, we need the goddamn quaggas back. I cannot wait any longer. We need to get about this. We're hurtling into the sun. Quaggas need to come back. Well, there's a store order. There's a famous... Make quaggas great again. There's a a very famous Jerry Seinfeld skit where he talks about that, where he's talking about, like... He's like the seedless watermelon. He's like, you know, there are scientists who are out there dedicating their life to, like, cancer research and medicine, but there's one scientist who's like, no, we got to get rid of those seeds. I can't take the seeds in these watermelon anymore. I got to do something about this. Uh, So, yeah, there we go. Uh, On this day, 1984, uh, the video game Tetris is first released in the Soviet Union. Uh, Tetris was created in 1984 by Alexei Paginov, an artificial intelligence researcher working for the Soviet Academy of Sciences. Um, he, uh, he created this game basically uh, just to make it for his friends and test new hardware they were using, computer software. Uh, it proved popular with his colleagues, and they ported it to an IBM computer. Uh, there the game became popular and started spreading around Moscow. Now, this was a problem <laughs> uh, because he was unsure of how to publish the game, and he was concerned... For the response of the Soviet regime at the time, if he just willy-nilly decided to publish the game on his own, uh, so uh, Alexander, uh, so Alexei gave the rights to the Soviet government for ten years. So for ten years, Russia owned uh, Tetris, and that's why it's so so t- commonplace tied to it. Uh, this is the part that was the most fascinating to me, according to research uh, by Dr. Richard Heyer. Prolonged Tetris activity can also lead to more efficient brain activity during play. Uh, when first playing Tetris, brain function and activity increase, along with greater cerebral energy consumption measured by glucose metabolism rate. It's good for your brain. Apparently that's what they're saying. Tetris is good for you. Makes your brain work better. I should play Tetris before the, ga- uh, the podcast starts. Okay. Um, 
It also, <laughs> this is one of the, this is outrageous. This is crazy because Tetris facts. Playing Tetris, this is this is from the U- Plymouth University, could give a quick and manageable fix for people struggling to stick to diets, quit smoking, or quit drinking. Okay, was I'm, this for 1984 or now? This for now. This is from 2009. This game. I can't imagine that Tetris, as a guy who smokes cigarettes and has, you know, tried unsuccessfully and successfully to quit over the years, I'm gonna tell you right now, Tetris does not scratch that itch. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. It's, it's not, not stop dieting same. either. Um, that's it. Did you? One of you guys doesn't like Tetris, right? Him. I, you don't like it, right? It's not that I don't like. It's not like oh, I'm so mad about Tetris, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. No, I don't care for Tetris. I at loved all. Tetris. I play now. Uh, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, it is the number one best-selling video game of all time, number two being Minecraft. Super weird. Uh, and this one's just for you, Heather. No. On this day, 2002, my birthday. Canadian singer Avril Lavigne released her debut album, Let Go. Were you a big Avril Lavigne no, fan? No, I was not. No? Why not? It's not for me. I don't, I don't like for her. her. I don't know. I thought you were like a Riot girl. Weren't no, you like a she, punk was too, she was too old when that came out. Yeah, I was too old. How old were you in 2002? I was like 21. Yeah, you're I not. I wasn't like thinking why things were complicated then. Just, well, no, you were thinking why things were complicated, but it was too bubblegum for Heather at that time. It was I, kids' music. <laughs> well, it was very popular. Thank you, though, for thinking of me, though. I, I feel that. like you were like, you no, like. No, never mm, like that. Thank never. you for assigning your own narrative in my life. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I guess you really don't know me. It's <laughs> credited as the biggest pop debut of 2002, certified six times platinum in the United States, generally received positive reviews, although her songwriting received some criticism. Cool. It, as of 2011, it went on to sell over 16 million copies. Different times. Totally. Uh, it was the 21, 21st best-selling album of the decade, which is crazy. Uh, I just, I I remember, like, Skater Boy and Complicated, but I don't remember it being some album that, like, shifted pop music in this way, right? Like, it's, it's a lot of... What do you mean when you say shifted? I don't think it really made any, like, noticeable lasting change or anything. 16 but. million, that's, like... Pretty yeah, good. that's moving units. That doesn't. That's not like shifting the narrative of pop music. That's just you're selling records because, like, I mean, there was no other Avril Lavigne's that came out. There was nobody. Yeah, there no was one nobody wanted doing to be that. like her. And it was a really nice subset it. because, like, think about all the people when we were that yeah. age and like we were playing in punk bands and stuff. Think about all the girls that were really into Avril Lavigne. Yeah, you know those girls. There was nobody for those girls like that then. You know yeah. what I mean? So they cap her record company capitalized on an excellent. They sold an excellent product yeah. and had a good run right towards the tail end when people were still buying records. Uh, I'm going to skip past this one. Um, uh, on this day, 2004, do you guys uh, ever hear the Killdozer? It was an internet video about a guy who built, like, a bulldozer out of a... It's really wild. Go look up the Killdozer incident in 2004. Uh, basically, some guy went nuts with a modified bulldozer he built and, like, ran through a bunch of buildings in a town, including, like, the mayor's city hall. It's an outrageous video, an outrageous thing that happened in the news from... 14 years ago. It's wild. It's definitely... 2004. It's wild. Wild. In the United Uh, States? Yeah, yeah. It happened in Colorado. Uh, All right. So, I don't have too much more. I just want to cut through the rest of this real quick. Uh, Guys, do you know that this is the second weekend for the spinoff Star Wars film Solo? Wow. Did you know that? Yeah. No. Well, it's been all... Apparently, nobody else did either. Uh, In two weeks, Solo, a Star Wars movie whatever it's called, has done $148.9 million, which sounds like a lot, right? It sounds pretty good. But there was a 75% drop-off between the first week and the second week. It's also doing $135 million less at the same time as the last Star Wars spinoff, Rogue One. 
So my question is this, because I have a take on this. Is there a limit to these sort of franchise movies like Star Wars and Marvel and things like this? Are people eventually just going to get burned out no matter what the IP is? Yeah, of course. Really? 100%. I figured Star Wars was going to have... like I figured everything Star Wars did for the next at least like five or six years was going to make a a shit ton of money. Yeah, those five or six years are over. Really, if you think about when whatever, like The Force Awakens came out, they've put out like... Four movies in four years. You're talking about a franchise that put out three movies over the course of like nine years, 30 years ago, then put out three more over the course of 12 years, 30 years later, mm-hmm. and then another 15 years later, and people were really excited, but now it's just every single year there's one. You can only go back to the well so many times on stuff like this. It doesn't matter what it is. I think the prequel... Oh, sorry, Heather. No, it's, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but Same. Just, <laughs> just by looking at the previews of this, it looked really chintzy. Like... Like, really cheap. Like, I don't know. It didn't look as interesting as the so, other ones. So here's my here's where I think they made a mistake, right? Okay. With with the Marvel movies. We talk about how there's all these superhero movies and all these Marvel movies, and they keep coming out, but people keep going to see them. The reason was, these Star, the, the Marvel movies were new, right? The Marvel movies felt like they were building up to something. In this case, it was these Infinity War movies, right? And that's why they were such a big deal. All these movies had forward momentum going towards something. It was mm-hmm. building toward a larger narrative. You're creating a universe. A lot of these Star Wars movies are prequels, right? There's no there's no stakes in any of these movies. Like you're banking on nostalgia on a character who isn't even played by the actor who made it famous, right? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah. this is a Han Solo exactly. movie without Harrison Ford. You're banking on people wanting to see a different actor play yeah. a character they like in a story that obviously has no stakes because you know he survived until at least whatever movie it was, mm-hmm. right? I think this was a huge mistake on their part. This is a really dumb gamble. I don't think that Star Wars has a limit to, like, people coming to see it because the next, like, big Star Wars movie that comes out, like, number nine, whatever it is, is going to be huge, obviously. If they... I'll tell you what, though. You can say they made a mistake, but, like, if they make money, was it a mistake? But they didn't make, they, they didn't, they didn't make what they were hoping to make. Uh, it's less about whether... Yeah, you, has it hit the international market? I don't know. Yeah, the numbers from They're basically from saying it's 135 million less than Rogue One, which is the first Star Wars right. spin-off they did in terms of where it was week by week. Yeah. And what's what I think is interesting about it is Solo didn't get bad reviews. Mm-hmm. It was it's actually people were like, it's surprisingly good. Yeah. And still people are not like, yeah, people whatever. Were burned out. Last Jedi yeah. came out like six I'm weeks ago. I'm burned out and I haven't even watched them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, and, to, you know, to be fair, I, I have zero interest in this solo movie, so maybe that's the reason. Like, I know people who are Star Wars fans who are like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to skip this one. So maybe it is just this movie, but that's my big thought. I think they doubled down on this nostalgia but made a big mistake on, like, casting. And i got to get over the prequels thing, man. I'm tired of prequels. Build new stuff. Don't tell me about what happened before things I already know. Um, all right. Quick Doomsday Report. Uh, I know we talked a lot about the... It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about the volcanoes in Hawaii. Did you guys see about the volcanoes Yo. in Guatemala? Oh, my God. I just God. heard about that this morning. Where's one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen? Like that I video with the pyroclastic flow it. coming? Oh, my God. He said it's like the worst one in decades. Yeah. Should I be shifting my natural disasters thing? I've always had volcanoes sort of low on the list simply because... Well, we don't. Well, yeah. Well, because I always thought, like, the tsunami is the worst because what do you do? Right? Like, how do you stop the tsunami? You mean... And then an earthquake because it's so, like, all over the place and it does so many different things. 
And a tornado comes and finds you. It's unpredictable, right? You know where the volcanoes are. So it's like, well, let's just stay away from this volcano, right? Drastically Drastically miscalculating, right? Okay. You're you're overselling the volcano. (laughs) I had it again of hurricane. I had a head of hurricane blizzard and sinkhole. And my rankings. Um, I think volcanoes the scariest. The scariest. Because it's the only one you can't have any way to escape from. You can't. There's nothing you can get through with lava. <laughs> like, go away from yeah, it. Just yeah, but if go you're away. there, yeah, but, with, stuck, but once that pyroclastic like, flow comes, there's nothing happening. Yeah, you when can't escape unless you can fly. Yeah, when that, when that stuff's coming 200 nothing. miles an hour, like heated <laughs> pumice and ash, <laughs> a thousand true. degrees, you get burned. You get burned to death instantly. <laughs> no driving out of it. No nothing. Uh, all right, that's fair. I guess I misjudged. Yeah, uh, I got no. a put volcano higher on the rankings. Well, that's all. Volcanoes are tough because volcanoes are you. You know, you hope uh, are generally <laughs> yeah. right where they are, and that's it. So, like volcanoes to you, living up here in New York, doesn't really seem like much of anything. Because I don't know, I don't even know what the nearest one might be. You know what yeah. I mean? But I bet if you lived in the shadow of Mount Rainier and Mount St Helens, you would yeah. have a different attitude about <laughs> volcanoes entirely. <laughs> Very true. Uh, and just because that was a little downer. Uh, I just want to leave a special story out here for you folks that I found very exciting, uh, just to make you guys feel good on the way out of here. Uh, so you guys know that Rudy Giuliani used to be like the king of New York, right? He was New York America's mayor, all that kind of thing. Well, since he's started working for the Trump administration, his credibility and his, uh, you know, his his approval rating has dropped a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> on May twenty eighth, uh, Rudy Giuliani, again the former mayor of New York City celebrated his 74th birthday mm-hmm. on Memorial Day by doing what a lot of New Yorkers do, attending a New York Yankees game. Uh, during the game, uh, it was announced over the speakers that it was former mayor's Giuliani's birthday. And, of course, the Yankee fans showered and rained booze upon Good. him from on high Good. because the Yankee That's fans great. know the truth. Rudy used to be one of the most guaranteed rounds of applause in Yankee yeah, Stadium. What a, actually went what a drop. And like, and to, at Hamilton College. Yeah. yeah see? <laughs> he was everywhere. Yeah. And to be fair, like he, you know, he's been a scumbag for a really long time and like, you know, he got a lot of this weird credit after 9-11 because we were just looking for heroes. But like, yeah. you know, he killed a lot of firefighters by his own, yes. you know, not by his own hand, but he may as well have been when he didn't allow them to upgrade their radio equipment, the radio equipment then failed, mm. and a bunch of firefighters oh. didn't get the evacuation notice yeah. to know that the first tower had collapsed, so they died because mm. they had faulty radios because he didn't want to spend the money. So Rudy Giuliani's been a scumbag for a really, really yeah. long time, and he's a shitty guy, and that America's mayor stuff was all just <laughs> marketing yeah, when we were sure. going up trying to drum up a fake war with Iraq. But yeah, it's nice to see him uh, get what he deserves, and I hope yeah. it keeps yeah. coming for him because... He deserves nothing but the worst. Boo this man. Uh, follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. Heather, thanks for coming. Yeah, us. of course. Did you go hiking this week? I didn't even I ask did. you. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Uh, you're on other platforms besides Twitter, I suppose. People could follow you on Instagram, too. I do possess an Instagram. Mm, it's very true. good. It's true. Uh, don't follow me. Just do me a favor and follow the show. At Uticast, we are on all platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, number one on Stitcher. We're taking over the web. Uh, sayonara, humanoids. Uh, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, again, I'm always happy to have you guys here. It's a great joy of my life. <laughs> I meant that honestly. You're so cynical. <laughs> it's not that complicated. Thank you.